You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's a football Friday here on Crunch Time. You're listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros, Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. On today's edition of Crunch Time, we're going to talk LSU basketball. The women making history. The men struggling. We'll talk about both with Zach Nagy of LSU Country. And then at 5 o'clock, our guy Jake Crane joins us each and every Friday for Jake's Takes. We're going to talk the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We'll get his picks, plus a, a ton of other stuff. Uh, plenty of top stories to get to. We'll get Jake's opinion on all of it. Your poll question of the day, speaking of the divisional matchups, which divisional matchup are you the most excited about this weekend? Is it the Chief Jags? Is it the Browns, I mean, Bills-Bengals? Is it the Cowboys-Niners, or is it the Giants and the Eagles? So far on Twitter, 75% of you say the Bengals and the Bills, while 25% of you say the Cowboys and the Niners. Got a comment here from John Paul. Cowboys-Niners, mainly to see how far the Brock Purdy story is going to go. I mean, like like I've said all week, Brock Purdy has shown no signs of not being the dude. So until I see that he is not played well, that kid's got my full belief. I mean, it has just been incredible what he has been able to do on a football field this season. Let's bring in the producer and the co-host of many talents. James Mesh. Happy Friday, sir. What's going on? What's up? Wow. <laughs> I was going to say something else and I was like, no, that's Wow. Bad. Built you up, gave you this nice lead up. James, how you doing, bud? What's up? What's up? What's up? All right. Look, that, that's fine. That's what's, fine. What's kicking? Want some chicken? No. No? I don't. Interesting. I don't. I, I want some chicken. I mean, that, that's... I, good Good for you. Right, right. I'm, Go it, get some during the break. Yeah, right. Ir- irrelevant. Let's move on. Um, James, I, I've got a... We've been talking about Sean Payton a, a lot lately with his coaching interviews and whatnot. There are rumors circulating... The, the Saints now want a John Gruden package for Sean Payton. I don't know if they're going to be able to get that. <laughs> now look, would we love it? Of course. Oh, yeah. You take that every day and on Sunday. Is that realistic? Hell no. No. We love Sean Payton just as much as the next man. 
But who in their right mind is paying two firsts, two seconds, and $8 million cash for the services of Sean Payton? I wouldn't. Hell, if I'm the Saints, I wouldn't pay that. Are you kidding me? Everybody wants to compare the John Gruden deal with with the Sean Payton deal. And yeah, you know, you could even make the argument that Sean Payton is a better coach than John Gruden. Because I'd probably agree with you. But here's the thing. When that deal went down, John Gruden was what? 35? 40? He was 39 when that deal went down. That's young for an NFL head coach. Sean Payton's not 39 years old. Sean Payton's not coming off some of the best years of his entire career right now. That that is an astronomical number. The Saints better jump for joy if they manage to get two firsts. I mean, jump for joy. And not have to give up too much in extra. Right. With Sean Payton. Literally build a campfire and sing Kumbaya and everybody's happy. Two firsts, two seconds, and $8 million? Get out of here. That is wild. Sean Payton is never going to get traded if that's your price. It's never going to happen. Because every team that he is interviewed with is going to hear that price and go, "Eh, there's somebody else. We'll hire somebody else. That's fine. We're good. We'll just wait for next year. Correct. And we'll We'll, just get into an actual bidding war. We'll promote our OC to head coach, suck, and then we'll fire him next year. Like, it's whatever. We're we're good. Yeah, that is a wild trade package, if that's true. Like I said, rumors going around. But if that is true, that is absolutely insane. Uh, Looking at some more top stories, the Florida Gators have released 2023 top quarterback Jaden Rashada from his national letter of intent. He is now free to visit with other programs, and this weekend he will be in Boulder to visit with none other than Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. Shocked? Not at all. Also, Michigan has fired their co-offensive coordinator, Due to a police investigation, Matt Weiss has been fired amid a computer access crimes investigation. Uh, He is under investigation by the Michigan University Police, and the statement added that the school would not comment any further at this time. So, and obviously we'll, we'll get to a lot of college basketball because the LSU women played last night in a... Just outstanding performance by, by Kim Mulkey squad beating Arkansas by three. We'll also talk LSU men's as well as the Cajuns and the Cowboys and so much more on this edition of Crunch Time. Once again, if you want to hit us up on the game hotline, it's 337-706-0111. But James, this weekend with the NFL, you've got four great games that if I'm honest... I don't feel confident picking a winner in any of them. They're just so, and that's what's that's what's so great about this time of year in football. You just never know. You know, at, at in September, 
I wouldn't have told you that the New York Giants would have made it to the divisional round. Now I'm sitting here. You also wouldn't have said it for the Jags either. Exactly. And, and now I'm sitting here saying, you know what? The Giants could beat the Eagles. Very easily could. They could make the NFC title game. And it's wild to think about it that way. But you've got four matchups with eight great teams that is it's just going to be great to see. you got two games tomorrow, two games Sunday. Both of those games will decide the conference championship games. Uh, you know, looking at the four, the one that I'm probably the most excited about is probably Bills Bengals. I think that one's going to be the most competitive of the four. You know, you, you look at Chiefs Jags. Look, the Jags have had a nice run. Great first year under Doug Peterson. They're not beating the Chiefs. Just not. You got the one tomorrow night, the Giants and the Eagles. That one's going to be a great game. Uh, I, I could see it honestly going either way. I, I could see the the Eagles just being too much for New York. And then I could see New York stunning Philly. So e- either way, you know, I, I, I could see it happening both ways. And then Sunday, like I said, Bills, Bengals, just going to be a great game. Rematching from the night that DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. You know, there's going to be a lot of emotion in that game. There's rumors that DeMar Hamlin's going to be in the stadium, uh, which adds an extra level of emotion for both teams. Uh, so that game will definitely be intriguing to see. And then the Niners-Cowboys is going to be going to be another great game. We've talked about the weapons that the Niners have against the defense that the Cowboys have. And, man, can, can Brock Purdy get away from Micah Parsons? Can somebody on the Niners' offensive line hold back Micah Parsons? I mean, James, we, we don't. I don't think we talk about that guy enough. Micah Parsons is that dude. He's a dog. It is freaky how quickly he has just become the man in Dallas. I mean, it's his second year in the league, and he is balling. He balled his rookie year. It, it's unreal. To, to watch, and then, you know, you get Leighton Vander Esch back healthy. You've got Trayvon Diggs in the secondary. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously lacking some pieces on defense, but, man, offensively, Dak just had a great game. Tony Pollard's looking good here recently. So good, in fact, that they're probably going to sign him to an extension and tell Zeke to get out, which is wild to think about because just a couple years ago, Zeke was the dude in Dallas. And not anymore. Uh, and then, you know, out, out wide, you have C.D. Lamb, and you got Dalton Schultz at the tight end position. The Cowboys are, are, are rolling a little bit here, uh, which is interesting, but also very annoying because they're the Cowboys. But, James, you know, which team, in your opinion, has the best chance to upset the favorite this weekend? I think the best chance, I would lean towards the Giants. Yep. Because I don't know about you, but I'm I'm kind of getting those vibes. I'm kind of getting those feels of the 2011 Giants where they barely just made it to the playoffs, 9-7. They were able to win all of their games and eventually make it to the Super Bowl and end up actually winning the Super Bowl against a primetime team in the Patriots who were ruling the AFC at the time. Yep. 
So I, I kind of get those feels from the Giants this year. I'm not too sure if they'll be able to replicate it, especially in just the first year with Brian Dable handling the team. But to me, them playing against a divisional foe in the Eagles, that one, you look at the first two matchups in the regular season, Eagles were able to win by 26 in the first matchup, but then the second matchup in Week 18, you saw the Giants lose by just six. Right. So it's like they made significant improvement. They're going into the playoffs. They went into the playoffs, kind of being a little more on fire than the Eagles were. Eagles are going to be playing their first game since that one. Correct. So I'm wondering, are they going to have to shake off the rust? Does do the Giants that's kind a, of start that's firing off early? Like that. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's a concern. You know, the Eagles could quickly find themselves down fourteen nothing, and and then have to play catch up, yep. which is not something that they were used to do all year. Correct. It'll be. Uh, it'll definitely be intriguing to see, and uh, you can catch most of the action right here on the game. But if you need help taking your lady out for Valentine's Day, the help you need can be found inside the game clubhouse. We've got some excellent prizes that you can score, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, $40 to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. Score these great prizes to help with Valentine's Day by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's easy. Sign up today. We'll take a timeout when we return. We'll talk college basketball, plus hear from Cajun's women's head coach, Gary Broadhead, following their win over ODU last night inside the Cajun Dome. You're listening to the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time 419 right now. I do want to tell you that the NFL playoffs are heating up as we get into the divisional round. And with FanDuel, every play is a rush. New customers can join today and bet on the divisional round with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code KLWB. Well, $150, you know what I would take? A Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown versus the Jags. America's number one sportsbook has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to even player props. Plus, with FanDuel, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandol.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. 421 here on your Friday. McNeese traveled to Thibodeau last night to take on the Colonels. We'll start with the women's game. How about the Cowgirls taking down Nichols 77-68? to You know, you look at the stats, McNeese shooting 56% 
from the field. You had you out rebounded Nichols forty two to thirty two, but you also had more turnovers than the Colonels twenty three to fifteen. This was a game where it was a tied game at thirty seven at the half, but the third quarter was the difference with McNeese outscoring Nichols twenty four to nine in the frame to pick up their sixth win of the season, their third in the Southland Conference. They improved to 6-11, and 3-3 and three in, the South, in the Southland, while Nichols falls to 4-13, and 1-5 in the Southland Conference. And then last night with the McNeese men against Nichols, it was a game where McNeese held a two-point lead at the half. But James, they were outscored 41-30 to 30 in the second half to fall 73 to 64, Zaire Scott leading the Cowboys with 15 points on 6 of 10 shooting in a game where, as a team, they shot 41% from the field. Trey English also having 10, and O'Day coming off with 11 from the bench. And Nichols was led by Latrell Jones, a senior from New Orleans, who scored 23 and had 10 rebounds for the Colonels last night. With the win, Nichols improves to nine and nine, seven and zero inside Stouffer Gymnasium, while McNeese falls to five and fourteen and two and nine on the road. Going to the Cajuns now, winning last night over Arkansas State, eighty to seventy-one. Jordan Brown tying his career high, thirty-one points. 13 rebounds on 12 of 20 shooting. Had a 13-point lead at the halftime break. Let Arkansas State hang around a little bit in the second half before putting them away 80-71 to with the win. Louisiana now at 15-4, and 5-2 and in the Sun Belt, while Arkansas State falls to 9-11 and and just 1-6 in the conference. They will travel to play Texas State tomorrow in San Marcos with a 4 o'clock tip in that contest. And then the Louisiana Raging Cajuns women's team winning at home last night over Old Dominion 61-51. to Lene Wheaton scoring 20 points against her former team on 8 of 15 shooting. Uh, the Cajuns improved to 10-9, and 7-2 and inside the Cajun Dome, while the Monarchs fall to 12-8. and You know, looking at the glaring statistic in this game, James... Have you ever seen two teams combine for 49 turnovers? Both teams combined for 49. There were more turnovers than rebounds in this contest. Sloppy basketball. But the Cajuns shooting 62% from the field was the difference as, again, they pick up a 10-point win over a pretty good Old Dominion team. And following the win... Gary Broadhead met with the media and said this was one of our gutsier wins of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was one of them, you know. It's like, uh, you know, you're at home and you want to protect your home and you come in and I'm just proud of how we reacted. You know, the first quarter we played really well. Second quarter they kind of took over. To me, they were playing. It's not what they were doing. It was how they were doing. They were playing with more effort and all that. And we kind of, you know, we kind of questioned it at halftime of we, do we want to just lay down and not be aggressive and all that. And I thought... Uh, third and four, fourth quarter was a lot better, you know. 
we were more consistent with a lot more effort and stuff. So I would say, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a gutsy. I, I just think you're starting to see a, a, a team that's a little bit more confident and that is aggressive. You know, I don't think they get enough credit to know how really good they are defensively and how tough they are and all that. You know, we've let some games slip away. There's no reason why, you know, we shouldn't have won some of those games with their effort they had. So, you know, it's kind of ball bounced our way tonight. We've got to continue to make sure that we stay consistent. But, yeah, I think it was a, a gutsy win. And then in the contest, when you look at it, UL held a 15-8 to lead at the end of the first quarter after a great performance. But they were outscored 18-10 to in the second to where they were down 26-25 to at the break. And the momentum had swung completely in the direction of Old Dominion. But then you saw a completely different Cajuns team come out in the second half. And Coach Broadhead talked about the halftime adjustments that the team was able to make to pick up the victory. I mean, I think she kind of touched on it. We tried to push the ball down the floor a little bit, and they were kind of like, uh, yeah, to me, they remind me of us a lot. You know, they play tough and all that, but they were having a hard time in the defensive transition, I thought, of picking up everybody. And it started with her running hard, so now they had to go all the way to the goal. They wasn't set up and picking us up at half. Set, their defense wasn't set. And so us by pushing up the ball and stuff like that, I thought – we got some good looks for her. We, I mean, almost everybody got some good looks, you know, and I thought that was a big thing, helping her to get some scores and stuff. Just the offensive transition that we talk about that we could be really good at. The problem is pressing and having both, you know, you got to kind of give up one or another. And tonight we didn't press as much. So I think that's, that was part of the offense looking better, you know, instead of having to go five on five, we were, we were getting some four on threes and we were getting some better looks and stuff. And it starts with the defense because you got to make a miss. Once you take the ball out, you know, it's like taking the ball out. By the time you get it down, they, they set. We were getting rebounds and kicking it out. I thought the, I thought the point guards, you know, it was like, you know, Sherry Porter and, and, and D-Rise don't get enough credit, but they were pitching it ahead, and then they just were making plays, man. And to me, that's kind of our game, you know. It, it creates a lot of good look. And then when you look at the purple and gold of the Bayou Bengals, last night Kim Mulkey and her team put their undefeated streak on the line against a very solid Arkansas squad and they did it again. They just did it again. 79 to 76 taking down Arkansas in a game that saw LSU lead by 6 at the break. They had a they were up 8 at the half and then just kind of let Arkansas hang around in the second and couldn't quite ever put them away. Uh, but finished the job 79 to 76 behind four huge free throws by Flauger Johnson. I mean, I just, I, I, in the final minute, no less, just can't emphasize how important free throws are in basketball, uh, especially when you have the opportunity to put a game away late. But the storyline, or I mean, are you surprised, is Angel Reese, 30 points, 13. 19 rebounds. She has now tied Sylvia Fowles' record of 19 consecutive double-doubles. Uh, she has a double-double in every game so far in 2022. LSU overall dominated oh, on yeah. the boards. Oh, yeah. They almost doubled what the Razorbacks did. Yeah. And you shot 40% as a team from deep. That's nice. That's nice. You only... I mean, 17 turnovers sounds like a lot, but, I mean, 
it, it's kind of it's a lot, but I was gonna. I was like, I, don't, I mean, the the thing is, having though, seventeen in a in a forty minute game is a lot. The thing is, though, is that women's basketball has more turnovers than than the men's game. It's just you know traditionally how it is. Um, so I mean, not terrible. I, you would probably hope that they would shoot the ball a little bit better from the field, only shooting forty three percent as a team. Kind, you would kind of like it to hover hover closer to like forty eight, forty nine. Those blocks, though, though, because both between the two teams, they had a total of twelve blocks. Yeah. So that that affected the the percentage yeah. numbers as well. So the defense by both teams was was very good. Um, it was a very entertaining game. Uh, Angel Reese again with thirty. Flauje Johnson coming with nineteen as a freshman. Uh, Alexis Morris had a pretty good night as well. Jasmine Carson with ten. What impressed me about this win, James, is. This was not only the first time that they had to face serious adversity, but everyone contributed in some way, shape, or form. I mean, you look at your your starters, four of them scored in double figures. You didn't get much help from the bench, but you know, Alexis Morris does things that not necessarily pop up on the stat sheet. Four rebounds, three three steals. She disrupts defenses. She's a decoy out at the perimeter. It's just one of those things where not everything shows up on the stat sheet. And then, again, four players in double figures out of your starting five is impressive. So another huge win for LSU. They'll be back on the floor on Monday, and uh, we will talk about their game on Monday uh, later on in today's show. Also, LSU men's basketball hosting Tennessee tomorrow with a 3 o'clock tip-off inside Pete's Palace. We'll take a time out here. When we return, Zach Nagy of LSU Country will join us. We'll recap the women's game and preview the men's game for the Tigers right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up as a goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Crunch Time. 435, almost 436 here on your Friday. We touched on LSU taking down Arkansas last night inside the PMAC for their We Back Pack game. 19-0 now, 7-0 in the SEC while Arkansas falls to 7 and 4, 4 and 2 in the sun in the SEC. Let's look now recapping this game and then previewing the men's game tomorrow inside Pete's Palace against Tennessee with a 3 o'clock tip. You can catch pregame at 2:30 right here on the game Zach Nagy of LSU Country joins us here on the game hotline. Zach, thanks so much for taking the time, man. How are you today? Of course, guys. Doing great. How about yourself? Doing well. So walk me through last night's game for LSU. You know, this was the first real test that they've had this season. You know, backs against the wall kind of late in the game. Had to had to claw their way out and, and hold on to the win. But, man, Flauge Johnson going to the free throw line and nailing those four free throws in the final minute was crucial. Yeah, last night was probably the best atmosphere we've seen in the PMAC all season, both men's and women's. And you can go back to that men's game when they played Arkansas. That was a really, really tough battle for them. But 
I can safely say that last night was the best atmosphere that we've seen just with the students being back on campus and just a really, really electric atmosphere in the PMAC. As for the game, you saw Angel Reese do what Angel Reese does. I believe it was 30-19 and 19. again. He's averaging 24 points, roughly 15 rebounds a night. Just looking every piece of a player of the year candidate, she, she's, she's going above and beyond. And you have her and her sidekick, Flage Johnson, who looks like the freshman of the year. You have two elite candidates on this roster led by Kim Mulkey, and it's just it, they're piecing it together. They're getting, they're getting everything done. And like you were saying, last night they faced their first piece of adversity against Arkansas. Arkansas came out in the second half, just shot out of a cannon, outscored them for, I believe that might have been the first quarter that LSU's been outscored all season. So you just saw Arkansas just light it up from three, got everything they wanted to from all three levels, and you, you had to see Angel Reese do what she does in the fourth quarter and, and close things out with Flauge Johnson knocking down those four clutch free throws as well. You talked about Angel Reese. You know, going into this season, everyone knew what she was capable of being. But, man, 20 games in, she has been every bit as advertised. Uh, talk about you know her play throughout these first 19 games and just how important she's been to Kim Mulkey's you know, time here in Baton Rouge. Yeah, Angel came to Baton Rouge as the number one impact transfer at in in women's in women's basketball. It was expected that she was going to come in and dominate, but I don't think anybody could have expected what she's doing right now. This is truly remarkable stuff. She tied Sylvia Fowles' double-double record last night, 19 in a row, 19 games in a row doing what she's done. It's, it, it, it's remarkable stuff, and the stat sheet's one thing, and what she does on the floor is one thing, but off the floor is another. She, she, she's displaying true leadership. Uh, game in and game out, practice, um, games, whatever you ask her, she does it. And that's something that Kim Mulkey's harped on every press conference when she's talking about Angel Reese. It's not just the stat sheet, but it's everything she does off the floor. Her and Flaugier Johnson have a great relationship. They're, they're two peas in a pod, you know. You, you see them on the floor, they have great chemistry, but off the floor it's even better. And it, it, it's starting to show in the way you saw last night she, get in, she got in Alexis Morris's face, and they, they, they went at it for a couple minutes, and after that, boom. Alexis Morris knocks down a clutch three to tie the game at 79, or I forgot what it was, 76-something. Um, and she, Alexis Morris tied the game after, you know, Angel Reese got in her face, and she's leading this team both on and off the floor. It's, it's really remarkable stuff. She, she's, she's everything. She's as good as advertised. You know, when, when talking about this team led by Kim Mulkey, you look at last year, she, she had the biggest turnaround in women's basketball going from you know, bringing them to twenty six and six in in her first year. Now they're nineteen and zero. Looking at the rest of the SEC, obviously South Carolina is the number one team in the country. But Zach, in, in all honesty, do you think that LSU could be a better team in the SEC than South Carolina? I think it's tough to put those expectations on this team right now, just because obviously nineteen and zero looks great and on paper everything looks good, but. Chemistry, continuity, those things are still beginning to form. You see Angel Reese taking on a major workload right now, and it's going to be tough to keep doing that for the rest of the season, especially against the team of South Carolina's caliber. Are they better than South Carolina right now? That's, that's up in the air right now. That, that, that's a tough statement to make just because that program is such a well-oiled machine, and this is just year two of the Kim Mulkey era. But they're getting there, and I'm telling you, it, it's, it's going to get interesting in the next couple of weeks once they start to get everything down pat 
once the new transfers start to get acclimated even more, the more playing time. You saw last year Poa. She was a JUCO transfer. She's actually from Australia. She got into the starting lineup over Alexis Morris yesterday. Kimulki felt that they needed to make a change, and they did by putting Poa in the starting lineup. And she loved it. And she thought that it got under Alexis Morris' skin. It lit her up a little bit. And in the second half, you saw her come in and it, it, and then do what she does. So there's still things being changed in the rotations. There's still, like I said, continuity being formed. Th- things are still working themselves out. There's some things that need to get figured out before they can get on South Carolina's, let's say, level. I wouldn't say that, but they're getting there. Chatting with Zach Nagy of LSU Country. Switching over to the men now, you know, you looked at non-conference and they started off, you know, really hot going 11-1. and And then you, you get the big win over Arkansas to open SEC play. And now you're on a five-game slide and kind of struggling in, in the process. How does this team get back on track? Because looking at the schedule, Zach, it, it, I mean, it doesn't get easier. It's, it's going to get a lot more challenging throughout the next couple of weeks. Coach McMahon was telling us that starting point guard Justice Juice Hill is going to be out for quite some time with personal reasons. He's not with the program for right now. And you also lost Mwani Wilkinson for the rest of the season as well. Uh, he was one of the two, three guys that returned from Will Wade's team last season. And he's going to be out for the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. He had surgery, I believe it was this week or last. So you're losing some depth with those two guys. You're facing a very, very difficult schedule in the next couple of weeks. It, it's it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And like I was saying with the women's team, continuity, just getting acclimated with Coach McMahon's system, it's going to take some time. There were always going to be some bumps in the road. I think everybody just says Rome wasn't built in a day, and I think people need to lock in on that when it comes to the, to the Matt McMahon era. Yeah, you know, obviously if the expectation was to – be ultra competitive in the SEC this year. I mean that was that that was a little you know too far ahead. But obviously, you know Matt McMahon's doing things the right way. He's going to turn this program around the the way that it needs to be. It's just going to take some time. Uh, you know, you talk you brought up Juice Hill being away from the program. You brought up Moani Wilkinson being out for the year. K.J. Williams has been probably your most consistent scorer, but who else can, can you depend on? Guys like Adam Miller and Cam Hayes, who, who else can really step up and, and be that dominant second scorer that the Tigers really need? So Adam Miller's still getting his legs back underneath him from you know missing his entire sophomore season last year with a torn ACL. So he's still trying to get his legs back underneath him. It's a work in progress. He's a shooter, and shooters shoot. He's going to get out of his slump eventually, and he's going to contribute. But other than him, you know, you have Cam Hayes, who's been a, a spark plug for this team. He's been inserted into the starting lineup now. He's been a very key piece to the success of this team. But aside from them, you have Derek Fountain, Mississippi State transfer, two-way player, great length, great size, can hold it down in the paint if you need him to. Probably, our be- probably LSU's best defensive player. He's the defensive anchor on this team. And those, those are the key guys that you're going to have in your starting lineup. But Justice Williams, the sophomore sophomore point guard, he's on the rise right now. He started the last game for LSU, contributed very well at six rebounds. It's great for a guard in the college game. So he's getting acclimated very well to Matt McMahon's system. And we had a press conference with McMahon today, and he was speaking very highly of what he saw from Justice Williams. So there are some guys who are contributing and are going to do very, very good things for this program. And then you can't sleep on Trey Hannibal. He's been great for this team. 
He's a bowling ball in the lane. He gets inside when he wants to. can score the ball at will in the paint. You have guys who are getting with the system. It's just going to take time. You have, you have scorers, but like I was saying, it's just get acclimated with McMahon's system. They're on, the, they're on their way. I'll tell you that much. As we start to wrap up with Zach Nagy, looking at football, you know, the the departure of Walker Howard kind of took everybody by surprise, and now you kind of remedied remedied it a little bit by bringing in Omar Spites from Oregon State. You know, the the elusive, fantastic linebacker out of the Pac-12. Just talk about you know the departure of Walker Howard and then the addition of Spites to the LSU locker room. Yeah, so losing Walker Howard, you kind of knew that you were going to lose either Nuss or Walker Howard this off season. And Walker's playing the long-term game when he's going to Ole Miss. It, all signs are pointing towards Garrett Nussmeyer staying throughout the spring, sitting behind Jaden Daniels once again, and then potentially taking over in 2024 and then even 2025, if so. So Walker Howard was looking at a, a spot where he can get reps with the twos rather than maybe the threes at LSU. Obviously, that Ole Miss quarterback room just got a lot deeper with the addition of the Oklahoma State transfer. But there's going to be some shakeup over there. We'll see what happens over there. But for Omar Spates to get him, this team needed a linebacker extremely bad. Before he transferred over, they were sitting with only four scholarship players in Greg Penn III, Harold Perkins, Witt Weeks, and his brother West Weeks. Those are your four scholarship guys with a fifth guy, Christian Brathwaite, coming in over the summer. So depth was a major concern at linebacker when it came to this LSU roster. So going out and getting a first-team All-Pac-12 guy, 308 tackles in his career, an absolute tackling machine can step in day one, be an immediate impact player. He, he filled a major hole for this team, and it, it, it's going to show this, this offseason. He's enrolling in the spring. He'll go through the 15 spring practices in March and April. Great addition for this program. They went out and got a good one. Zach Nagy of LSU Country joining us here on the Game Hotline. Zach, appreciate your time as always, my friend, and enjoy the games this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let's do it again. And there he goes, Zach Nagy of LSU Country. James, I got to tell you, smart speakers, very helpful. I mean, you can turn lights on and off. You can set timers while you're cooking. To listen to music. Listen to music. You can also listen. They're great. And why are they great? Because you could also listen to the game. There you go. You could listen to the game. All you have to do is ask Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana, and it's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one right after this here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Wrapping up our number one before we get to Jake Crane and Jake's takes in about 10 minutes. Looking at the poll question of the day. Which divisional round matchup are you most excited about? Is it the Jags versus the Chiefs? Giants versus the Eagles? Bills versus Bengals? Or maybe you like the Cowboys versus the 49ers right now. It's looking towards 69% is towards Bengals, Bills, and then the other 30% is going towards Cowboys, 49ers. No love for the Giants and Eagles. 
and Jags versus Chiefs. Everybody loves Joe Shiesty. Uh, and I don't blame you. I love me some Joe Shiesty, Joe Bird, Joe Cool, whatever you want to call him. Love him and the Jamar Chase connection. I love it. Just, man, no, no Giants or Eagles fans? No, no one in the chat. I mean, I thought I thought we talked enough about the Giants and Eagles yesterday to where people might get excited, right? But I mean, we got a preview from both sides. But I mean, no love. That's crazy. Did, did get a couple comments though. Ton wanted to jump in and said, "Looking forward to Bills making a playoff run and the Niners finally shutting up some of those annoying cow patty fans." And then on Facebook, we got Robert. He said, "Bills, Bengals, for sure." It's going to be a wild weekend. Again, like we talked about earlier, I just I don't know. I, I can't confidently pick any of these games. Now, I can tell you who I want to win. I can tell you who I'm pulling for. But if I was putting money on it, well, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't pick the spread for sure. I'd have to go money line. I just... Because you look at some of those spreads, and you're like, hmm, that some looks wild. Those look juicy. But then you're like, well, to be fair, we are here at this point. So it's like, and sometimes you 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 sometimes look at a four-point spread, and you're like, why is it? Like like going back to, I hate to bring up a bad memory, but like looking at TCU in Georgia, you're like, oh, no. that one, that one, 14 points, that feels like it's way too much in favor of Georgia. And it was so not enough. And then it was so not enough. So it's like, you look at the spread, and you're like, you just never know with these things because at this point, you can't expect a blowout. But then again, it kind of feels like there's a little bit of a difference between some of these games. Like looking at Jack's Chiefs, that one, it's a seven and a half, eight point spread, eight and a half, like depending on the sports book you look at. Yeah. It's, it's a little more than a touchdown. You're like, that doesn't feel like enough. But then you're also realizing. Jags are here at this point, and they're pretty good, and they're on a roll. So it's like, are we sure that having them lose by at least a touchdown is enough. is more than enough? Right. Are you are you sure that that's too? Are we not sure that that's not too much, and that the Chiefs don't eke one out like a twenty eight twenty four or twenty seven twenty four? Which I could easily see. The Jags aren't bad, dude. They're they're a pretty good football you, team. You finally you get you get that. You get that bad performance by Trevor Lawrence off your back. Like, when was the last time you saw a bad performance? It's been a while. Been and a here's while. and here's another thing. That game, that's going to be on a Saturday. You know the last time that Trevor Lawrence lost on a Saturday? High school. Never. He's never. You're right. He's, He's never, never lost, lost on a Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, he, went, he was he, he was went, undefeated in college. He went 52 and two in in high school, but those were Friday games. Yep. Saturdays in college. Never lost. The only times he lost his games in college were on Friday, Sunday, and Monday. Yep. So, wow. and wow. and then here it was on the line this week, but he kept his undefeated streak. He kept the undefeated streak going by getting a crazy comeback. So it's like, what what's going to happen? We'll talk more about that in our number two. We're going to preview in depth all four matchups for the weekend. Two headlines I want to get to before we. End our number one. LeBron James Jr., aka Bronny, has narrowed his his college list down to three: Ohio State, USC, and Oregon 
are in the mix for the Sierra Canyon High Superstar. All makes sense. I mean, Dad was born in Iowa or Ohio. I'm sorry. Yeah. USC. I mean, they've lived in they lived in Cali for a hot little minute now, and then Oregon. I mean, it's a really Nike. good basketball school. Plus, it's where Nike headquarters is. Correct. So it's it's all three schools that would make a lot of sense. And that's that's kind of a pick them at that point. And then also uh, Gonzaga getting a loss last night to Loyola Marymount at home, sixty eight to sixty seven. This was the first time that Gonzaga lost at home. Since January 18th, 2018, James, the Bulldogs hadn't lost a home game in five years, almost to the day. Five years, 76 straight home games without a loss. Loyola Marymount gave it to them last night, 68 to 67, inside the kennel. What, what the kennel? What a nickname for an arena. We're the Bulldogs. Let's nickname our basketball arena the Kennel. That's fantastic. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two, we're going to kick it off with our guy Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company. We're going to get his thoughts on the NFL weekend and so much more right here on The Game. at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two is right after this top of the hour sports update. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of a Friday fun show. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. If you're watching on the simulcast, you just saw me playing the trumpet to our theme song because it's catchy. So deal with it. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. In hour number one, we talked about LSU women's basketball, 19-0. Angel Reese, 19 double-doubles this season. She ties Sylvia Fowles' record for the most in an LSU uniform. We also started talking about LSU men hosting Tennessee tomorrow. And we recapped McNeese and UL as well. Here in hour number two, we're going to dive deep into the NFL, previewing each of the four divisional matchups in depth. But before we do that, Jake's Takes with our guy Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company, weekdays on the Daily Wire. Jake, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Man, I'm doing great, guys. It's Friday. Everybody get excited. So, you know, let's start with... The news that's kind of been sweeping the NFL right now, and that is the Sean Payton sweepstakes. Um, first off, where do you think he's going? And second off, do you think that the price that the Saints are asking for might be a little too high? Now, look, number one, if I'm the Saints, I mean, it, it always comes down to what the market bears, right? And if you look, Sean Payton, compared to every other coach out there, uh, is, is the best one by leaps and bounds. So you have a lot of leverage. And that can make up for, obviously, you know, what you did with your picks and, and the Eagles having that pick now and, and things like that. Uh, so it's a big deal for the Saints, but you do have to move them eventually. But I love where they can start the negotiating uh, 
uh, aspect of it at. They should have the high ground, to use the Star Wars reference. But, you know, if I look at the places right now where Sean could end up, I mean, he's going to go to the place with, with the best opportunity. Uh, is that at Denver with Russell Wilson? Is this year the anomaly with Russell Wilson? Uh, maybe. I, I, do think he, I do think he needs some more weapons around him. And they did get absolutely fleeced by the Seahawks in that trade. But I was wondering if the Cowboys lost to the Bucks, if uh, McCarthy was going to get fired and Sean Payton was going to get that job. So now that it seems like McCarthy's safe, Staley's safe at the Chargers, which I can't believe. I mean, it's it's got to be the the Broncos, right? I don't think he's going to get to Indianapolis or or uh, Carolina or the Cardinals. Yeah, you, the the Broncos seems like the most fitting. You know, spot right now. But the thing is, this Jake, I, I saw a report earlier that the Saints are asking for a John Gruden package. A John Gruden package? Wow! I mean, it sounds like something off Madden, uh, the video game. Uh, look, at, the Saints can ask for really whatever they want. I mean, at, at this point, it's such an interesting dynamic with the coach. Uh, you know, in in the in the fold here. I know the rules are a little bit different when you trade them, but again, the Saints can can really do some things here. Uh, and now that it seems like Dennis Allen's safe, I mean, they, they may have a chance to actually put some pieces in place to make a run at this thing. So you you think the Saints have the leverage in this situation? For sure. I mean, if there was like three or four good coaches out there, then it'd be a lot harder. But you got Sean Payton, then who? Frank Reich? Oh, man, hold on. Let me. I'm sorry. I'm about to die from excitement. Uh, I just Again, Cliff Kingsbury is over in Thailand doing God knows what. I mean, who else is really? David Shaw? I mean, come on, let's get serious. Ben Johnson staying with the Lions. D'Amico Ryans, is somebody going to take a shot on him? Who knows? But it's not like the coaching pool out there is, is super deep. Halfway point of the NBA season so far, who stands out to you in the association? Well, you know, I, I still think the Bucks uh, are going to end up winning the whole thing. I mean, you look at the West, it's, it, that's the most interesting uh, overall. I mean, you look at the Kings are looking at, at getting a playoff spot. I don't even know, like, those words coming out of my mouth in that, right. like, certain order. I didn't even know I could that that was possible. Uh, but you look at what the Grizzlies are doing and the Pels uh, and, and the Cavs. It's, so it's uh, it's pretty interesting right now when, when you look at the race over there on the Western Conference side. I, I don't believe in Chris Paul. You know, surprise, surprise. Uh, but but I think the Bucks are still uh, going to be the team to beat, even though the Nuggets are, are doing their thing again with uh, Jokic. Let's talk about the NFL playoffs this weekend now. You know, we'll start with, we'll go in order. We'll start with the Chiefs and Jags, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey still, you know, it's interesting going into the season, you looked at the Chiefs and you said, man, without Tyreek Hill, how's this offense going to look? Jake, they haven't missed a beat. And then on on the other side with Jacksonville, Doug Peterson steps in. You think, oh, they're going to be good, but it's going to take some time. No, Travis Etienne runs for 1,100 yards. Trevor Lawrence has a great bounce-back year, and now they're looking like they could be a real contender here in the playoffs. Yeah, I I mean, I think the story ends this Saturday, though. I mean, let's be honest. Trevor Lawrence has played awful the past two games. You somehow won that game against the Chargers. i got to give Doug Peterson credit. It's been a great turnaround, and they are playing with house money, which makes them really, really dangerous. they got nothing to lose. Uh, People aren't going to be upset if, if the season ends at Arrowhead in the divisional round of the playoffs after what, what transpired in the regular season. But they're secondary. I mean, they got more holes than Swiss cheese at Camp Greenlake. You're just not going to be able to survive that way. They're good against the run, but Patrick is going to buy time. He's going to extend the play outside the pocket. 
and uh, hit Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez Scantling down the field, uh, or Jarek McKinnon, who's just been an absolute nightmare for people in the red zone lately. And then we know Travis Kelsey is just a tree that has arms, legs, and can run around and make plays. Uh, and, and obviously Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and, and what they're able to do from a game plan standpoint. So it's been a good run. You know, the eight and a half, nine and a half, it's a weird number. Uh, I just, you know, the, the, the Jaguars have kind of show, shown us who they are. And even if Trevor Lawrence does play good, I don't think they can score enough points to beat the Chiefs. And then the night game, you know, Giants and Eagles, the Eagles' best record in the NFL. You know, Jalen Hurts should be fully healthy again. And, and then the Giants, man, at the beginning of the season, if I'd have told you that the yeah. Giants were in the divisional round under a first-year head coach with Daniel Jones as their quarterback, you would have probably laughed at me. Uh, for sure. I mean, they, they, along with the Jaguars, have, have been a great story in the NFL. There's been a bunch. I mean, look at Geno Smith and the Seahawks and Brock Purdy and what he's doing with the 49ers. I mean, you, you can kind of go around the league and find stories uh, of, of teams kind of coming out of nowhere and players shining that we didn't expect. But, look, you know, this is this is one of those games where, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a matchup. When, when we're talking about sustaining offense and defense, right, like, like who are the most balanced, team, uh, balanced teams, I'm just trying to find a way uh, that, you know, either one of these teams, when it comes down to the Eagles or Giants, is going to put a ton of points on the board. I mean, I love the, un, uh, the under at 48. And the more I watch the Giants play, and the reason I think that they've been so uh, efficient lately and they look gritty and they're hard to get by is that Daniel Jones is making good decisions. It's not like they have a ton of elite players around Saquon Barkley. I mean, Darius Slayton's nice. Hudgens is playing out of his mind. But outside of that, you know, they don't have a ton of superstars. I I swear, I want to pick the Giants in this game. I just feel like Jalen Hurts and them find a way at the end, whether it's him running the ball or A.J. Brown making a big catch. I do think the Giants cover the 7.5, though. And then on Sunday, you look at Bengals-Browns. I mean, Bengals and Bills, excuse me. You know, Josh Allen has been so up and down this season, Jake. And then, obviously, with the DeMar Hamlin story still weighing on their minds, there's rumors that he's going to be in the stadium on Sunday, obviously playing against the opponent where his collapse happened. Just a lot of emotions for both teams, really. Uh, the, the Bengals haven't really played that great last couple of weeks either. Uh, where, where do you stand on this matchup? Man, I love the Bengals in this game. You know, this is one of those games where not having Von Miller for the Bills really, really hurts because I know the Bengals' offensive line isn't very good, and Jonah Williams uh, probably isn't going to play after uh, dislocating his kneecap. Uh, I I really, really like the Bengals in this game. I think they find a way. Josh Allen is turning the ball over more than he usually does, but I think it's more about the Bills' defense, man. I I just really, I really don't trust them. So uh, I I think the Bengals are going to find a way. Maybe it's a walk-off field goal. Uh, but I like Joey B and the uh, the Bengals this weekend. And then the last one, the Niners and the yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. The the Niners, man, they are just scary. They're scary. You know, Brock Purdy has shown me nothing that says that he can't hang in this league. And then Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, weapons galore. And then the, the defense. I haven't even talked about how good their defense has been. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys just seem like they're one bad move away from falling off the cliff. So, I mean, where, where do you, who, the, the Niners win this game, right? 
Yeah, I, I like San Francisco. I mean, the Cowboys have just been inconsistent. I, I just don't think Dak's going to have that same type of game that he had last week because he hadn't shown the ability to put games together. And, you know, I said on the show the other day, he kind of has Carson Wentz syndrome. When it goes bad, it goes really, really bad. It's not like, a man, well, he just made a mistake. They can get through it. It's like, oh, my God, it cost them points, or it happened in a crucial situation. And then on the other side, the Niners have been the most balanced team in the NFL. I mean, they got more pieces than a jigsaw puzzle on offense. When you look at McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Iuke and George Kittle and the running back rotation they're able to have and what they're able to do with Christian when they go empty and Brock's ability to get the ball out quick. It's just they've got a really, really good dynamic. The play calling is obviously very good. And then Fred Warner and that defense with Armstead up front and Bosa. If Ward just plays good in man coverage on the best wide receiver, they're a very hard defense to not only get to the red zone, but be able to score touchdowns when you get in the red zone. I just don't believe in Dak and the Cowboys' consistency enough to take him in this game. And then looking at college football, Jaden Rashada getting let out of his NLI, and then all the craziness with the transfer portal, Dion flipping, Kermani McLean, and, and Jaden Rashada visiting out to Colorado, Walker Howard going to Ole Miss as well as Spencer Sanders. I mean, what a, what a wild couple of days it's been in college football. Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is the new college football, you know, love, love it or hate it. That's kind of where we're at. But I will say this, the on-the-field product's never been better. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting, you know, that uh, dynamic. There are some positive side effects. We saw a lot of teams go from the lower class of college football to the middle class this year because of the transfer portal. So, you know, just like anything, when, when you let something out of the box with no rules, uh, there's going to be some, some very low lows and there's going to be some pretty decent highs just, from a side effect standpoint, uh, I, I think two things can be true at one time, and that's what we're seeing. All right, Jake, before you run, give me three props that, that you might be taking this weekend. Oh, man, three props. You're talking about player props? Or yeah. Just props and, and uh, individual. Well, I always go touchdown scores. I mean, that's, that's mine. So uh, I like to parlay them. So this weekend, uh, I've, I've got a, a bunch of different combinations, but you can give me Jarek McKinnon, all right, to score – you can give me A.J. Brown to score, and you can give me Joe Mixon to score. Mixon's at plus 120. A.J.'s at minus 105. Jarek is at minus 120. Put those three together, you know, sprinkle a little bit in the parlay, and uh, thank me next Friday. Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company. Loving the confidence, brother. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll do All it right, again next week. Through. And there he goes, Jake Crane. If Once again, check him out on Crane & Company each and every weekday which divisional round matchup are you most excited about that's our poll question of the day so far 75 percent of you saying the Bengals versus the bills man joe shiesty he's he's got a grip on louisiana and it's it's america's favorite adopted or and it's louisiana's favorite adopted child and it's so funny because i've seen some people be like there's there's two extremes to this there's some people that are like, oh my God, Joe, Joe Burrow is the greatest thing to ever happen to the state of Louisiana. And then there's some people that are like, how can you even call him a Louisiana son? He was only here for like 18 months. But what he did in that Which, 18 I was going to say, what, did, you, did you not see what he did in those is, 18 months? He's, he's, he's a prodigal son of the Bayou State for forever. I mean, Burrow. What, what more can you what more can you say the other 25% going to the Cowboys and the 49ers let's be honest we tend to have a lot of fun here at the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles which is a Delta media station if you are looking for a career change and have any type of sales experience from retail 
telemarketing, and everything in between, then Delta Media wants to hear from you. Email your resume to sales director John at Cochran at jcochran at deltamediacorp.com or by calling 896-1600. Once again, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in KDN, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Hotline open for the remainder of the show. We'll take a time out here, and when we return, James and I will start previewing the four divisional matchups in depth, what you can expect, and we'll even throw in a couple of bets that we like in this matchup. Right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 520 on your Friday, you're listening to The Game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home. For the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros, the hotline ringing off the hook. Let's go to it now. Ted, what's up, bud? What's happening? Oh, not too much, sir. How are you on this Friday? Great. Listen, I called uh, because I hear a lot of you callers, you know, or, or y'all at least, talking about the games and all that, the NFL games. I am fortunate to have uh, the inside look on things because I am with a sports book and uh, I'm good friends actually with the line maker. And, you know, this is a once in a year type of thing that I'm, I'm willing to bless on the people who are out there wagering on the game. Okay. And it's going to be the first game. Uh, so the Jags and, and the Chiefs. Jacksonville, Kansas City. You want to play on the side of the Chiefs. Uh, go take a barbecue. Go have a swim. Don't even worry about it. It's not even going to be close. So I'm just giving you some pertinent information right now you might want to use. And if you don't, that's fine. So take but the Chiefs I'm just spread you is what know, you're telling me, right? Have a good day, Kansas City. No problem. Thanks for the call, man. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I could say Kansas City no problem. Are they the favorite? Of course. Are they going to win? More than likely. But can I say guaranteed 100% bet the mortgage on it? No. No. Please don't bet your mortgage on it. Please, for the love of God, don't bet your mortgage. Please don't put that on loan. I am a married man, and I, I, I know what it's like to make your wife mad. Do not bet your mortgage. <laughs> you found a way. Do, do not bet your mortgage. That is a bad, bad idea. Unless it's a prop bet that you, you know. Is it even going to be warm enough to like just kind of like take a nice dip in the pool? God, not tomorrow. <laughs> no. 50-something and raining? Nah, I'm not getting in a pool. Maybe an indoor one. But like an outdoor pool? Nah. Mm-mm. Not tomorrow. But, I mean, look. 
If you, if you want to throw down a couple of bucks on, on the Chiefs, I'm not going to stop you. Uh, I mean, that would probably if I if I put money down on that game, that would probably be where I would lean. Um, but like Jake said, I I love the the anytime touchdown props. You know, those are those are so. You usually you can tell when those those are going to hit. You know, Travis Kelsey scoring an anytime touchdown, or you know. In, in the in the Jag situation, you can probably be pretty dependent on uh, on Zay Jones getting a touchdown. You look at the Bills, Stefan Diggs, an anytime touchdown. You look at the Niners, McCaffrey. You know, there's there's huge upside in, in those. Um, I, I love taking. I love throwing just a couple dollars on those. Um, but the the spread, the spreads at eight and a half. Right now, with the Chief Jags, I don't know. I, I think that's a little wide. I can obviously, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I'm thinking more along the lines of seven, maybe even four. It's going to be a close game. The, the Jags aren't going to just get blown away. So, you know, that it's just it's one of those things where you kind of run your own risk there. And if you like the spread, if you think the Chiefs are going to have a big offensive performance and win by 10, then, then you go for it. But otherwise, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from that game if I'm offering my, my betting advice on that game. But, you know, you look at it. We talked about Patrick Mahomes in the year that he's had 5,200 yards. You've had, you know, 41 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions. The 49ers have done a great job of staying fairly healthy this year. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has been a great running back as a rookie, 830 yards. Obviously, you've had the resurgence of, of Travis Kelsey again, 1,300 yards on the season. They're 14-3. and three. What I'm interested to see, though, with this game is the front four of Kansas City against the running game of Jacksonville. Travis Etienne had a great performance the last couple of weeks. Uh, he, you know, he's really stood out uh, here down the back stretch of the season, and I'm interested to see how well the Jags are going to be able to run the ball against Kansas City's defense. Jacksonville's not going to be able to play from behind in this game like they were able to against the Chargers. If you fall behind to Mahomes and Kansas City, you know, fourteen nothing, seventeen to nothing, I don't think you're coming back. Now, could could you close the gap and make it closer? Sure. Coming back, I doubt that. Um, so Kansas City probably going to win this game, and then if the Bills win over the Bengals, you know you're looking at an AFC Championship neutral site game in, in Atlanta, where, according to reports, close to fifty thousand tickets have been sold. Fifty thousand tickets for a game that may or may not get played. Think about that. The Bills still have the Bills and the Chiefs both still have to win for that game to happen, and fifty thousand tickets have already been sold. Chiefs and Jags play at three thirty tomorrow. James, what's what sticks out for you in this matchup? I mean, it's kind it's kind of what what stuck out for you in your fantasy team. It's the Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey connection. I mean. <sighs> That's lethal. Helped me out a lot lethal. this year. And until that one week where it was ass. 
and you had to play me. Oh, God. But, man, I to me, I'm looking at it. And the Jags, it, it, was a nice, it was a nice run for you. You made a lot farther than people anticipated. You even got a crazy comeback on a Saturday against 27-point comeback against the Chargers. That was awesome. But, look, you're playing the Chiefs in Arrowhead. First loss of Trevor Lawrence's life on a Saturday is what I'm predicting. Because I don't know who's I don't know who's going to be able to guard Travis Kelsey. Like who, who's going to be able to consistently guard that man? Um, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey has a monster game in, in this in this matchup. And, and you know Patrick Mahomes throws a couple of touchdowns, makes his life a lot easier. And then to the point where the Kansas City defense, who's been good. But this has not been the Kansas City defense that we've seen in recent years. Uh, they don't have to work nearly as hard if, if the offense is putting points on the board. Uh, so this will be an interesting matchup tomorrow, once again at 3.30. And then the other AFC game, looking at the Bills and the Bengals. Again, we talked about it earlier. There's just so much emotion in this game with DeMar Hamlin and their game getting canceled just a couple weeks ago, the night that DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. There's still going to be a lot of a lot of emotion, a lot of you know excitement in the air for this game. DeMar's rumored to be in the stadium on Sunday. Neither team playing very well right now. Uh, the Bengals just looked really rough against Baltimore, and then Buffalo almost gave it away to Miami. Probably should have given it away to Miami if you really look at it. They found a lot of ways to allow Miami to score when they shouldn't have. Correct. And so th- this is going to be a game that, you know, who can play the less bad? Who makes the least amount of mistakes? Josh, Josh Allen has been turnover happy the last couple of weeks. What does he look like tomorrow? Joe Burrow. I heard somebody talk about it earlier. You know, Joe Burrow has never won the Bengals a playoff game. He's always kind of been the the complimentary guy, dependent on his defense and, and made a couple of plays here and there. Is this finally the game where Joe Burrow, you know, steps out and has a monster game on his own to lead the Bengals to victory? There, there's a lot of questions here. The weather's obviously going to play a factor. Uh, obviously, both of these teams are used to playing in cold weather. But 33 degrees up and up up in Orchard Park. Uh, the Bengals are going to be without two offensive linemen in Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa. Trey Flowers is doubtful in the secondary. Things things are going to get interesting in Buffalo tomorrow. It d- or well, on Sunday, Sunday, excuse me. To me, with this one, I hate to bet against the prodigal son. I hate to bet against Joe Burrow. But before the season, I had picked Buffalo and Philly to make it to the Super Bowl. They're both still alive for me. Even though neither of them played very well, I still really worry. Even though B- Buffalo doesn't have Von Miller right now. He's he's gone for the rest of the year. He's still, I got to believe that Ed Oliver, and you're going to lean on Gregory Russo and Shaq Lawson to get pressure in those three spots where Cincinnati is vulnerable on that offensive line. Because you had mentioned it, two offensive linemen there. But you also got to remember Lyle Collins has been out for the year for quite a few weeks now. Yeah. 
And and that right tackle was getting bullied so now from you're... what we saw last week against Baltimore. So to me, that's where you could see a lot of the pressure coming, and that's going to slow down and force Joe to get passes off sooner than he really wants to. And you're not going to really see any explosive plays necessarily from Cincinnati. Even though you won't have Micah Hyde, I still look at Jordan Poyer in the secondary and Tredavis White being there back a corner. I feel like that's going to be enough for Buffalo to get the win. How big of a factor can Jamar Chase be in this game? Oh, I think I think Tredavious White's going to shadow him. I, I think if I'm Buffalo, I'm putting Tredavious White, LSU on LSU crime, I'm putting Trey White on him and telling him, go shadow him the whole game. If T. Higgins comes up with some, sure, but we're going to – we're gonna make sure make that somebody we put, else beat you. We're gonna make sure if somebody's gonna beat us, I'd rather it be Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd rather them throw it to Tyler Boyd seven to ten times than have Jamar Chase have a ten catch, hundred fifty yard game and a touchdown, and that's the reason yeah. why you lose. If they're gonna beat you, they're gonna have to earn it. Correct. So yeah, absolutely. Rely rely on the rely on the have make make them run the ball more yep. than they want to. Absolutely. Shut down shut down Jamar. Shut down T Higgins, and then dare somebody else to beat you. Uh, that that would be the Bengals' script tonight. Uh, I, I just again, Joe Mixon's a great running back. Tyler Boyd's a good receiver. I don't know if they can beat the Bills if you take out Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in that game. Uh, so we'll we'll keep you updated on those games throughout the weekend. Again, Bills and Bengals at two o'clock on Sunday, and the Chiefs and Jags at three thirty tomorrow in the AFC Divisional Rounds. We'll take a timeout here. When we return, we'll preview the NFC games, the Giants and the Eagles and the Niners and the Cowboys right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. What's poppin'? Welcome back to Crunch Time, 538 here on your Friday. There's two NFC games to get to now. We'll start with tomorrow night up at the Link in Philadelphia. The Eagles and the Giants. Gotta love a divisional matchup. That's actually a divisional matchup. Isn't that how it should be, James? If you're going to call it the divisional round, shouldn't it be division matchups? Like, why not call it the... I don't, I don't know. I can't come up with a clever name for it. But, you know, you look at the Eagles. They're the best record in the NFL. They've been the best team all season long, record-wise at least. Jalen Hurts is fully back from his sprained shoulder. He's thrown for 3,700 yards, only six touchdowns, only six interceptions on the season. Miles Sanders has had a great year running the ball. A.J. Brown has been a huge addition to their offense. The Eagles are clicking. But then you have the Giants, a team that... At the beginning of the season, expectations were incredibly low because you, you weren't sure what you were going to get out of them. The halfway point of the season, James, the Giants were 7-2. and two. And everybody sat here and said, oh man, the Giants might be for real. And then they ended up losing three games, tying another before winning two of their last four 
And now here they are in the playoffs. They just took out the Vikings. And now they look like a team ready to attack their biggest test of the season in the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that they've played twice already. The first one did not go over so well, a 48-22 to defeat. But then the second one in Week 18, 22-16, to Jalen Hurts did not play in that game. Neither did most of the Jets' starters, as Davis Webb was the starting quarterback for the Giants in that one. It'll be interesting to see Jalen Hurts actually did play in that Week 18 game, now that I now that I think about it. But, James, this is a matchup that screams upset to me. I'm not sure what gives me that vibe. Maybe it's the familiarity of these two teams. But this just, I see potential upset written all over the Giants and the Eagles. What are you? What are your thoughts on that matchup? I mean, I agree with you. It, looking at the two, looking at their first two matchups this year. I mean, Eagles absolutely blew them out the first time. Second time though, in Week 18. The Giants only lost by six. So it's like you kind of look at it, looking at the progression of the season. Giants got a lot better. Eagles aren't doing as good as they were to begin the season. Week 18 kind of feels like a weird anomaly. But also you look at the Eagles. They haven't played since that Week 18 matchup. They were off last week. Jalen Hurts still has that injury. But according to doctors and experts it's a six-week injury and that happened six weeks ago correct so Jalen Hurts is basically as healthy as he's gonna be all season he's back at this point you know I think the the x factor in this game at least for me is and and I hate putting the the x factor into the play of a rookie but I'm interested to see what Kayvon Thibodeau is able to do to get to Jalen Hurts and kind of control him because we've talked about it all week, James. If you can put a contain on Jalen Hurts and you force him to stay in the pocket, I think that takes away a huge aspect of his game. Correct. And the the Eagles become very beatable at that point. So if you're the Giants, I think that's your plan defensively. Try in with everything you've got to keep Jalen Hurts as a pocket passer. Now, does he have a good arm? Can he throw the football? Absolutely. But when plays break down, his first instinct is to run. And if you don't give him running lanes, you're going to get a lot of sacks. You're going to rattle him and make him uncomfortable. And that forces him into mistakes. And what do mistakes do? They score you points and you end up winning the football game. So contain Jalen Hurts' ability to run the football. And I really believe that the Giants can win this game. And Is then that, go ahead. And then you know if you look at the other matchup, the Cowboys and the 49ers, look, I'm I'm going to give credit to the Cowboys as much as it pains me to do. They have had a great season at 12 and 5. Now they've looked shaky at points, but they have done just enough on both sides of the ball to be one of the top teams in the league. But then you look at the Niners. The Niners are 13-4. and four. They have had every obstacle and roadblock and curveball thrown their way. And, and they go through three different QBs. <laughs> keep winning. They just keep winning. You lose Debo. 
you lose Elijah Mitchell twice to the same injury. He sprained his MCL both times. You acquire Christian McCaffrey halfway through the season. George Kittle battled with injuries earlier in the year. You bring in Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant. You start off with Trey Lance. He breaks his ankle, done for the year. You go to Jimmy Garoppolo. He breaks his foot. He's done for the year. Now you were forced to hand the keys over to Mr. Irrelevant. And a lot of people said, oh, God, the Niners are going to implode. And you know what's funny? Even if Jimmy G does come back. He's the, not playing. They're not going to play him. The key, as, they, they are fully confident having the keys be in Brock Purdy's hands. As they should be. Again, James, you're, you are more of the film guy out, out of the two of us. What have you seen from Brock Purdy's game that does not impress you? To be fair, looking at early on in that game against the Seahawks, he was shaky. He was shaky. He was throwing inaccurate passes. A couple of them had a, a solid opportunity of being intercepted that could have swung in Seattle's way, that could have made a, a huge momentum swing, that could have changed the whole outcome of the game. But once he got settled in, he was making accurate pass after accurate pass. And you did see that one play to, I believe it was Juwan Jennings in the third quarter that set up another touchdown mm-hmm. as they had a huge avalanche in the whole second half to beat the Seahawks. That one even then, it I feel like there was a solid opportunity for that one to get intercepted, but it was still completed. It's still It was still completed. It was still a huge play that set up another score for the 49ers. At this point, after kind of really watching that whole game, uh, I'm a little more on the Brock Purdy train. And I believe he's he's still going to be able to do great things in these playoffs. And I do think that they are able to beat the Cowboys. Going to next season, though, having a whole offseason to kind of study the Brock Purdy game, Brock's going to have to overcome some obstacles because people are going to throw things at him that he's not going to be used to, that they're, that they're going to use to target him, to target his weaknesses in his game. So if he wants to take the next step, Next season, he's going to have to work on things and get better because they're going to try and figure him out. But for right now, it's kind of like one of those fads where the read option, people didn't know how to start stop a read option for a right. hot little minute. People didn't know how to stop an RPO for a hot right. minute. It just become like it became like a glitchy Madden play that was unstoppable. You, there's no way yeah. of stopping it. You you had to get you had to get the developers to get a patch for it. So it kind of feels like one of those things. Like it's it's like Nick Foles. It was like you just, Nick Foles just unstoppable for a playoff run. Yeah. And that's just what it feels like right now with the 49ers and Brock Birdie. And then, you know, you look at the weapons that he has. I mean, again, we talked about it all week. You can't double the Niners. Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You can even go down to Juwan Jennings. Like they have weapons up and down the field that you just cannot stop. Somebody is always going to be there to make a play for that Niners offense. And then the defense, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Joey Bosa. It's just, or, or Nick Bosa is in San Francisco. And then it, I just, I don't see anybody slowing down the Niners. The Niners are still my pick to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Uh, I, I just can't see anybody that's going to be able to, to slow down that group as you head down into the NFC Championship game and even in the divisional round 
this weekend. All right, James, so your picks. The Chiefs? Correct. The Giants? No. You're going to the Eagles? I'm, gonna, I'm still going to go with the Eagles because okay. just like the Bills, they're the team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl before the season. And who am I to go against my pick when it's so close to it's being fair. correct? So Chiefs, Eagles. Chiefs, Eagles. Bills? Bills, and then 49ers. Okay, so we differ on the two middle games. I'm going Giants and I'm going Bengals. Uh, so I, I see Giants, Niners, and then Chiefs, Bengals for the conference championship games. Uh, but uh, regardless, it'll be it'll be fun. Look out on our website tonight, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for the first installment of a new series titled Roll the Dice, where James and I are going to give you our five best bets each and every weekend. So be on the lookout for that starting this evening. We'll take a timeout, wrap up today's show right after this. Here on The Game at Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time for the final time of this week. Do want to remind you that you should be betting on the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, where every play is a rush. This weekend, FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay during the divisional round. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your NFL playoff same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays let you combine all your favorite bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'm going to take a Pat Mahomes to get at least two touchdown passes, Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, and then the Chiefs money line. You can even ride with thousands of other fans to bet popular same-game parlays already made for you. If you're new to FanDuel, join now with promo code KLWB to see for yourself why it's America's number one sportsbook. And if you already are with FanDuel, you can start building your no-sweat same-game parlay today, right now even. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permit a parish is only. Three plus leg, minimum $1 bet is required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max refund is $100. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Let's take a look at the poll question. Look at the final results. We got no votes. When it comes to which divisional round matchup are you most excited about when it comes to the Jags and Chiefs and the Giants and Eagles? Just no love for either of those Saturday matchups, Matt, but we got a whole bunch of love for Bengals Bills for 74% of the votes going to them and then the final 26% going to Cowboys 49ers. Let's go, Niners. <laughs> that sounded so enthusiastic of you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather today, but let's go, Niners! There it is. You in the closet, 49ers fan. You. I mean, look. I, Elijah I'm, Mitchell, 49ers I'm a, jersey. I'm an Elijah Mitchell guy. You love Brock Purdy. I did, I couldn't care. I, I cared. I hated the Niners until Elijah Mitchell showed up. And now, now they're your second favorite team. Now, that I wouldn't say second favorite. They're That's there, true. You love, the, you love yourself some Chiefs. Yeah, I do. I do I do really enjoy the Chiefs. They're, uh, they're on the podium, though. They're Patrick, the, Patrick your, Mahomes, my dude. They're your third favorite team. Maybe. The, <laughs> Bang, the Bengals. Perhaps, maybe fourth. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. They're, 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 there's, they jumped quite a bit whenever they drafted. Elijah but here's Mitchell. the but here's the thing with the NFL. You have the Saints, and then there's a couple of under tiers, and then there's you know the other teams I pay attention to. 
but they don't come close to the Saints. I'm a, I'm a who dat for life kind of guy. I mean, that's just plain and simple what it is. Pelicans Magic, who wins tonight? Looking at the line, the line spread, it actually moved towards Orlando now being a one-point one point favorite. favorite. That's a pick em. It really is a pick em. I don't feel great about the pick, but I'll, I'll take the Pelicans in this one tonight to get back Ooh, on track. I'm going with the Magic at home. Paolo Bancaro has a big night. The rookie sensation and the, the Magic win a close one. Thanks to Zach Nagy and Jake Crane for joining us today. James Mesh, appreciate everything you do. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez reminding you to be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, LSU versus Tennessee tomorrow right here on these airwaves, NFL football on Sunday, got your weekend covered, and we'll be back on Monday with four fantastic daily shows, and we will be back on Monday to recap college basketball, the NFL, and so much more right here on Crunch Time. You're listening to the game. It's 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.